Lexus Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 2, season 23. Yes, we're back, but we're only, we're not quite as mob-handed as what we were last week. It's just my good self and my right-hand man, so to speak, um, for the best part of six years now, by the way, Ryan Champion. Six years of podcasts. Six years, wow. Uh, and, and as you rightly pointed out to one of our new listeners last week, he's got a lot to listen back to. He has. I, you know what? It's nice, but I'm still really surprised when somebody says, oh, I've just got onto it. Which is, which is, which is lovely, and I love the fact that we're still getting new listeners, but you kind of go, wow. I, I, I still, it still blows my mind that there's, and maybe that's, that sounds really arrogant, doesn't it? That people haven't heard of it, but if you listen to rally podcasts, and we've been around for six years. I thought you might have stumbled across us, but welcome to the party if you are new, in all seriousness. Um, I still say this. I don't think there'll be another six years, so <laughs> you might as well <laughs> make the most of the back catalogue is where I'm going with this. But um, but yeah, no, welcome to the party. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And this week we're going to announce, which not many. Do you know what? There's lots of rally podcasts out there and it's great at the moment. When we started, right, there was a couple now there's a lot it has to be said um but we're very blessed because we've always had some great partners who, who've supported us um throughout the years um and kielder have to be up there with the with the best and we've got another kielder competition which we're going to talk about um before we get to our end of the business a bit later on and we're going to put it out there this week and kielder are giving away fantastic prizes and um yeah if you've listened for a long time you know that kielder have always gave away some fantastic stuff and if you haven't listened for a long time this is the kielder works team who do fantastic power tools nothing to do with the trees that border scotland <laughs> <laughs> thank you for putting for, for putting any element of doubt <laughs> that anybody listening well you know, new fans here in kielder they might yeah. say kielder forest sponsoring yeah. a podcast well, that's true. All right, fair dues. I'll have that. I'll have that. Um, so, yeah, so coming up a little bit later on, we've, uh, we've actually got a new guest, which I'm, I'm quite excited about. We've actually already recorded it, but we've got a man who's just announced his uh, a British Rally Championship campaign, a man that you coached, Ryan Champion, dare I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a young man who's uh, who's now a little a little older than he was when I I first met him. Uh, Seb Perez, yeah, non non Seb since uh, well since he was coming on the rallies with uh, with his dad long before he was uh, competing, uh, coming to Steve's events, and uh, I sat with him on his on his first ever junior rally at uh, at Anglesey. I don't know, maybe eight years ago or something now, and then Seb disappeared off into the the world of racing, which he tells us about, and then uh, excitingly for him, he's coming back to rallying this year with a, a BRC campaign in a, an R5 car. R5 car with M Sport. It's, it's not like coming back half in half measures, is there? <laughs> no, she's going to do it, do it properly. <laughs> go big or go home. Go big or go home. So, uh, so yeah, so we'll talk about that with Seb a little later on as well. But a couple of things I suppose we should address straight away following on from last week's podcast. Um, and, and one or two people have already pointed out on social media to us. Um, yeah, particularly off on our predictions of Tanak perhaps not staying with High and I, right? Yeah, big commitments from uh, from Hyundai this week um, on on both drivers and engineers, which is a, is a little bit of a surprise. But I think it uh, you know it says a lot that we were. You know, we we're unsure about Hyundai's commitment to the World Rally Championship a couple of months back. You know, were they committed to the to the hybrid rally cars? They hadn't got the sign off from Korea, uh, and now suddenly they're signing contracts right, left, and centre, and proving us completely wrong. And obviously here to stay for the foreseeable future, which is great. Yeah, and Thierry and 
Oitanak signed new deals there. Um, and just wonder, I suppose, are we going to, it sounds bonkers to start a silly season. I'm not even going to speculate. I was just going to say, I wonder if we'll, you know, whether Craig will still be there with Danny and da, 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 da. Obviously, Danny's back in, I think, for, 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 for Portugal, um, for, for, for high and die anyway. But I don't even, it's just way too soon to even have that conversation, isn't it? Yeah, I think probably for the third car. Um, Andrea Adam will see how it plays out. Um, you know, yes, he's, he's pursued this policy of sharing the car. Um, you wonder how much longer Danny sort of wants to go on for, but I'm sure he could if he wanted to. Uh, but you know, how much longer does he want to go on for? Craig's desperate to get a, a full season. Um, we've got uh, a young Solberg back in a Hyundai, uh, very soon in Sardinia as well. So he's knocking on the door of the works team. So, um, you know, quite a lot to happen probably for the, uh, for the third car. It'll play out during this season. I think we should probably, you know, applaud the fact that, you know, we, we, we're all, we're always concerned about, I suppose, the good health of, of apart from the, the world at the moment, but in, in, in broader strokes, I suppose, of the WRC and, you know, I questioned, you know, whether it's still the best kept secret. And so uh, I use that term so much, it feels like on this podcast. But, um, you know, the fact that Hyundai have made that announcement, we know that Toyota, are, uh, you know, are, are very much committed to the championship. Um, and of course, we've seen the images of the, the M Sport test mule, which has been released as well. So we know that all three teams now are very much on with the future. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's, it's good to see that, um, commitment going forwards to the WRC and and it needs that commitment because uh, as you've just said you know that we're seeing the test cars but this is brand new technology that's coming it's uh, you know it won't be without its its difficulties it won't be without its expenses so um, you know we need to see the the manufacturers committed for the for the long term um, it would be great to see a fourth team back in there just to just to add that depth to it but um, great that we have three strong players and uh you know we, we're hearing a lot from m sport and how they're really focusing on next year and i think we we all hope that they're right back in the fight next year ah very much so very much so um uh, one other announcement that was made by high and i and then there was another announcement came made off the back of of course was the the, the legendary christian lorio moving across from from m sport over to high and i but there was another release put out a little bit later on to say he was still remaining with m sport but on the gt side yeah, so uh, an interesting agreement. Um, I mean, firstly, to to lose somebody of of Christian Laurier's stature, he's, he's uh, you know it's going to be a big pair of shoes to fill at uh, at M Sport. Um, obviously, Christian originally from Pro Drive. Um, just, just before you go any further, sorry to interrupt. Do you think he was ever really replaced at Pro Drive? When you think about what came after it, and I mean this with, with respect, but you know, very much, you know, was it was the the P two thousand car that? Yeah, the P two thousand, and then and then the uh, the two thousand and one car very much followed on, although it looked quite different. It was very much based on the philosophy of the the two thousand car, and, and as you said, after after Christian moved away, we saw a dip in form for uh, for Pro Drive, and then we also saw you know some quite radical M Sport focuses, so. Yeah, it could be right. Maybe, you know, maybe that was something that uh, contributed to a loss of competitiveness at, at Pro Drive back in the day. But um, he, uh, he, you could certainly see um, 
his his influence in the designs. Like I said, they're very special Subarus, the the very special Focuses. So losing him from uh, from M Sport will will be a, a big blow. But um, as you said, he's he's going to be a consultant to Hyundai for next year, but still be involved with uh, with M Sport on the GT side. Do you find the timing of the announcement odd? Um, I think it it maybe shows how um you know uh, how committed hyundai are now they've decided to continue they've they've gone out and decided right if we're continuing what do we need to do to win and uh, we need to make sure we've got drivers on board we need to make sure we've got engineers on board and i guess it now they've committed to going forwards they they're not short of budget and uh, they want to do all they can to you know to beat toyota Mm, very much so. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be interesting to see. I think, and I know there's been a lot being said of it as well. But you know, the the, the M Sport, and we we spoke about it at length numerous times. Ryan it feels like we talk about it every week. But you know, M Sport. Everybody's worked at M Sport at some point. You know, it is that kind of proving ground. If you pardon the obvious pun of, of what they've got going on up there. Um, that you know, I know obviously Christine had been with with, with Pro Drive before, but you know, uh, M Sport just seems to have this. You're M Sport blessed. It's works M Sport blessed almost, isn't it? It's uh, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that's one thing. You know, M Sport are committed to rallying. They they've been involved in rallying since well 1997, wasn't it? The, the M Sport as we know it, but Malcolm Wilson Motorsport before. But they're a constant in rallying. So inherently, uh, a lot of people have gone there and and learned the trade and and moved on. Um, it's uh, you know we see other teams come and go from the sport, but uh, you know they've they've been there for a long time, and uh, it isn't certainly isn't just just drivers. You know Tom Farlow, who's at Toyota now, um, again from from M Sport. So so it isn't just drivers; it's uh, it's engineers, technicians. Um, it, it's uh, yeah, like I said, it, it's it's one of the bedrocks of rallying now. The M Sport team. Very much so. Very much so. Um, so yeah. So moving on from 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 that, I think we 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 we, we mentioned last week. Um, just go, going back to him for for a second. Adrian Formo, obviously, he's got um, uh, another running in 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 the big car, as we'll call it, for for Portugal, which is, which is great news for him. I think t- uh, Jack was making reference to that, but um, yeah, I think there's going to be. I, I, I'm still I'm still really really interested to see. Um, keeping on the M Sport subject is I've been told the different models that over over a period of time that the car was going to be obviously the slave car right and you made reference to it and I think everybody's got onto the fact that, that you know the, there's this massive roll cage NASCAR like roll cage through, that you can see through the window of it and it looks very similar to to a current spec Fiesta world car but um, I think I've seen something come out I think even Rich was talking Rich Milner was talking about you know whether it actually is going to be that car or not who knows i've had you know different brands and different model uh, not brands different models as well um i just wonder whether it will be a switch you know again from the fiesta to, to perhaps give um you know you just remember when they made the switch from the focus to the fiesta it was it was almost like another shot in the arm again wasn't it you know it was a fresh pardon the a pun again but the fresh focus on a new model uh, yes, it, it was, uh, and obviously the, the Focus was a was a massive model for uh, for Ford at the time when they moved from the Escort to the Focus. Then obviously the the, the change of cars to the to the smaller model, um, and then rumour has it that uh, the next year maybe the Puma with a you know focus on a, an SUV that uh, is obviously very very popular in the marketplace and. 
it's like we've said for, for next year's regulations, quite complicated. It doesn't have to be a monocoque anymore. It can be a space frame. You can scale the car down so it can be uh, actually smaller than the production car. So um, it's it certainly up, opened up various options in terms of uh, you know the, the look of next year's cars. Yeah, very much, very much so. Um, a couple of things I wanted to touch upon, and when we do these these kind of pods where there is not much going on particularly this week as it were there's obviously the stories breaking obviously we've just been talking about the Hyundai stories and things like that it does give us um, perhaps a little bit of time to breathe and and, and I was going to do it as in any other business but um, as it's only you and me this week it doesn't really matter whether it's any other business or not but I don't think you've gone on to there's a there's a, an Instagram page Ryan Champion um, and it's a it's it's a it's recce cars uh on instagram no Recky cars I've, I've seen it on facebook but i'm yeah. not sure i've seen it on instagram no. okay well jack benyon follows it along with my good self because uh, i've just clicked on it but it got me thinking because i've been looking at all these weird and wonderful there's a lot of obvious recce cars there let's put it that way that we've we, we, we all know about um some modern and some older ones and you know, there's lots of pictures of volvos and etc 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 but it got me thinking is what's the strangest recce car a, you wrecked in, or B, you've actually seen? Oh, that's a good question, isn't it? Um, there's been various ones down the years, but God. Um, I have a few vans along the way, actually. You know, like the Bilingo van, the works Bilingo van, doing a recce for the RAC, that, or, or Wheels Rally GB, whatever it might be. Um, I, uh, I remember turning up to the uh, Rally GB recce one year in my dad's showgun because it was uh, a last minute and that's what I had access to. Um, I remember wrecking in the in the back of somebody else's car uh, yep. after I'd broken down on a recce. Um, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a story about breaking down on a recce, actually. The maestro that you so love to, uh, oh. to on, uh, on, on social media, not only was it my first rally car, I used that as a recce car. Uh, and in fact, that's about the last time it was used was in Belgium in about 1994 as a recce car and it ended up on its side in a ditch. <laughs> Shouldn't um, laugh. Shouldn't uh, laugh. And of course, if you remember when M Sport were using the Volvos, when they first built the Volvos, alongside the Volvos, they built the very rare Land Rover Freelanders. Yep. And the Safari Rally, the uh, Carlos Sainz and Colin McRae had uh, V6 Freelanders at their disposal. Yeah, now I remember those. In fact, somebody rallied one. Yes. For a little yes. while in BTRDA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just going back to, to to breaking down, I can remember breaking down on GB, um, and I had a Seat, a Seat Ibiza recce road rally car, which we put guarded up. And I think it must be, it must be twenty, was it twenty fourteen, something like that, six, seven, eight years ago maybe. And um, needless to say, it hadn't been used for a while, and we basically took it straight in to do a Rally GB recce, so two runs of all the stages, da-da-da-da-da-da. And I broke down, I can't even remember where I broke down, because I'm crap with stage names, but you're in the middle of a forest, you've got no phone signal, and the basically the, the it, it shed all this water, so the, it was basically seizing. And Marty McCormack, bless his cotton socks, who has been on with us many times, and Marty's a good mate of mine, who obviously very well known for doing historic rally in a Mark II Escorts, but very able in R5 cars as well. And he was in the, one of the Pro Drive minis, all fours in the Countryman recce cars that they built. And he had one of those. Yep, yep. And he he stopped and he went, are you stuck? I said, yeah, 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 we'll put a rope on. 
couldn't find a toe and iron the back of the mini. Just to, to, you know, basically ratchet strapped it round the round one of the rear uh, the rear axle. And he told me through that stage, right? And I have never gone through a recce so fast in my life. <laughs> it was petrifying. I have never. I wasn't as petrified as going off the stage. It was more of sticking the Seat up the back. <laughs> this new mini recce car that it clearly got um and then i had to be recovered to a village and then the rac trying to trying to convince the rac that's where i broke down because you know i think there was some rules and regulations about how what, how you could call out the rac at the time and we we, we kind of blagged this saying oh no we were just out watching the rally and in the end the guy kind of went you've been driving the stages <laughs> Yes, we've been, and we ended up getting recovered back to uh, back to D side, and then going out on a Land Rover. So there you go. So that was that was that was that was my tale. But um, I, I love I love obscure recce cars. I really do. Yeah, and and obviously it's been it, it's been a conversation over the last few years because since homologation um, didn't demand a, a road going version, as in manufacturers didn't have to build a four wheel drive turbocharged road car it's meant that manufacturers have had to to go elsewhere to to look for their recce cars so you know a, a good few years ago you had the likes of hyundai using mitsubishis and then more recently citroen were using mitsubishis um we've seen well, uh, hyundai are using bmw ones now aren't they, they? I'll, I'll come on to that in a minute okay. yeah sorry, sorry we, i'll back off we, We've seen more recently the uh, the Toyota team using using Subarus. Um, there was a small connection between Toyota and Subaru, but again, at the time, uh, Toyota didn't have a, a suitable base car. It'd be interesting to see if they moved to the the Yaris GR as a recce car. Well, they used, it, they used it on Monty. They used the Yaris GRs on Monty as recce cars. I don't think the factory team did. Oh, I could have swore I've seen seven. Don't think the factory team did, but anyway, okay. we digress. We Somebody do. will put us right on that, but I think they're still they're still using the Subarus. But anyway, um, but people forget how much uh, work a recce car actually does. You know, particularly on the well gravel and tarmac, drivers are taking the cuts, they're putting it in the in the gutters, in the ditches. You know, they they really work very hard. And and when Hyundai. Uh, came back into the world championship you know whenever it was seven eight years ago now uh, a lot of the uh, initial team members uh, came from a racing background and again as, you, as you've already mentioned they didn't have a suitable four-wheel drive road car uh, they're based in in germany they decided they'd use the bmw1 series the x drive bmw1 series and uh, there was uh, some some race mechanics put on the, the recce car team and they built these recce cars. And for the first couple of rallies, they had no end of problems because the sump guards weren't thick enough. They were bending suspension arms, uh, breaking suspension components on, on the recce cars um, because they just thought they were going to be driven at slow speeds down a down a country road. And, and recce cars weren't really hard. I mean, those those M Sport Volvos, which have become iconic now, were, were bomb-proof. You know, Riga suspension, very, very strong cars. As we know, a Volvo is as a base car, but uh, a recce car really works hard. And, uh, yeah, certainly the Hyundai BMWs, if that makes sense, were, um, you know, were, were strengthened over the years. And that's, that's why we see, uh, like I said, the likes of the... Uh, the Subarus and the Mitsubishis that have been used by the factory teams over the years, they've effectively been Group N cars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I, 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 let's put it this way, I'm prepared to put five English pounds on the fact that Toyota used Yaris GRs as the recce cars on Monty. All right, okay. I'll, are, you gonna, I'll, are, you, are you prepared to you put your money I'll, where your mouth is? Or? Go on then, I'll take your bet. Yeah, I'll bet you five pounds they didn't. And I could be completely wrong. Yeah, because and the likelihood of me getting that five pounds, by the way. 
I haven't seen any properly prepared GRs. Um, I know there was some GRs there, but I didn't think of Hatchetim using them. But I could be wrong. Yeah, no, I, I can because I can remember the three of them getting lined up going in to do the recce for the stage on some footage. So that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, Ryan Champion, we, we massively digress, but it's nice because we can digress in this one. So we're not under pressure. Um, a couple of a couple of announcements this week with regards to entries. Um, we, we, we talked to Seb shortly, um, Seb Perez with regards to his BRC entry, but the opening round of the British Rally Championship is going to be the Neil Howard stages at Alton Park, um, at, uh, on the, the last bank holiday weekend of May here in the UK. Um, uh, just a, a mind blowing entry, not only for the, the MN series, which obviously was going to be, that's going to be their opening round anyway, but obviously it's also the opening round of the British Rally Championship. So, uh, I think literally you could, Wherever you look, there's going to be an R5 car. So there's going to be some, there's going to be some serious money being spent up here by people at Alton Park. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as you said, it was already going to be a very popular rally anyway, so as a round of the, uh, the Motorsport News uh, Circuit Championship, but then add BRC into it as well. Then, uh, you know, an incredible lineup of cars and uh, a huge number of reserves to see as well. So, uh, so quite a few uh, WRC cars, R5 cars on, on the reserve list. So, uh, yeah, should be, uh, should be exciting competition mm-hmm. and none other than Tony Simpson in an R5 car. Yeah. Rally two, <laughs> rally three. Uh, yes, I will be in an R5 car. Um, yet to be finalised. In fact, when I finish doing this podcast, that's going to be the last few bits and pieces, and then hopefully we'll have a car sorted. Um, all being well, we are still down. Has entered into the Proton. We won't be in the Proton. I can say that um, for various reasons, but. Uh, just unfortunately, the car wasn't available. So we have been talking to a couple of other people, and we're hoping to put the deal together and finish it um, by the end of play today as we record this let's put it that way so yeah and then of course um one that our own ryan champion um will be will be pooling around him and you know in a very tally-ho type fashion in these old cars he says with tongue-in-cheek family by the way uh, the rac rally 200 entries ryan champion yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. I think uh, anybody who was keen to do it knew that there was going to be uh, you know a lot of competition for entries, and uh, so it proved. Um, I was ready to put my my entry in at nine o'clock when the uh, entry form went live, and and the the page uh, froze and I couldn't refresh it and, and eventually I got my entry in at 9.03 and I was the 39th entry um, there, there was somebody got their entry in at, uh, at 9.18 a friend of mine needs on the reserve list wow. so that's that's just how how crazy it was um, you know I think they had something like 180 entries in, in 40 minutes or something something crazy like that so yeah a uh, huge number of entries for the for the Roger Albert Clark rally even though it's uh, it's not till November Um and some some great names in there you know we've got not not just the likes of Marty McCormack and uh, Jason Pritchard Steve Bannister that uh, that you might accept, expect to see but Ocean Price Tom Cave um also on the entry list Reese Yates so uh, some uh, some younger drivers more used to seeing in R5 cars as well uh, a Viking motorsport entry with no named driver yet so that that could be interesting few rumors about who that might be um, it's not so, yeah, me. Should be it's good. not me. I can assure you, <laughs> Phil would not have me driving his car. 
Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to do it in a, a Tuttle 911, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. 350 stage miles. I think it makes it the the longest rally um, stage rally in this country since the 1991 RAC. Wow, wow. Well, we're hopefully we're going to have some people on with us next week to talk a little bit more about that because I am. I'm fascinated because all the things, and again, I suppose to, to come full circle, we, we we spoke so often about obviously trying to entice people into the sport and you know, um, you know, coverage of the sport and things like that, and then you see things like this happen, and you think, well, there's a lot of people who want to go rallying here, so you know, what are we getting it right? Are we getting it wrong? I don't know. I don't know, you know, we've we, we've gave, you know, and, and and I personally probably gave the the, the BRC a bit of a, a bit of a kicking over the last probably twelve eighteen months uh, at times, but you know, there's some great names coming out who are going to be doing that, um, and I don't know whether it's off the back of COVID and people not being able to do what they wanted to do last year and 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 and, and in the sport they love, I'm sure that adds something to it, right? But you know, on one hand, I feel like we're getting it so so wrong, and yet on the other hand, you look at these two events and you go, "Well, clearly we're doing something right." Yeah, I guess I guess there's two different elements to it, doesn't isn't there? I mean, in terms of people doing going rallying for for fun and enjoyment, if you like, then the the RSC's got to be one that that uh, people want to try and do as we said it's um, it's by far the longest event in the UK there isn't anything else like it around but you know when they first started running the event it it um, it struggled for entries initially you know they, they had to build it up to this level it, it uh, is obviously expensive to do um, but credit to the organizers they've, they've stuck at it they changed from maps to pace notes which um, some some people obviously would still prefer it to be maps but but then there's a lot of people can't read maps nowadays um, uh, in a rally car as well so you know did that in- increase the number of entries I- i'm not sure but they've certainly got to the uh to the stage now where like you said on the back of covid where people haven't been able to rally people have probably sat back and thought do you know what that's one rally i'd like to do and uh, and and put an entry in um the flip the flip side of what you're just saying is is uh, for want of a better description aspirational rallying drivers still wanting to try and make a, a career out of rallying and uh you know that's still where the British Championship is trying to pitch itself, and it, and it's a, a difficult area to be now. There isn't, as we know, you know, we've talked about this at length in the past. There isn't those work drives available available at British level. There isn't manufacturer interest at British level. So drivers have to get themselves to World Championship level, and that's left the uh, you know the British Championship in a in, in a difficult place that it's it's still trying to make the best of. Yeah, very much so. Anyway, um, speaking of which, one driver that has got himself there is Seb Perez. So we're going to go to a little break uh, and then we're going to come back with Seb Perez talking a little bit of racing, a little bit of roundy roundy. Jack will be devastated that he's not here. And of course, we're going to talk about his announcements of doing the British Rally Championship. This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. And welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. And we've 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 got a guest. It's not just me and Ryan just whittling away this week, as as normally does happen in these instances. But we've 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 got a guest we've never had on before, uh, which is always really really exciting because it feels like we've had everybody on at some point, doesn't it, right? 
<laughs> I'm sure there's a few new guests to go out. We'll keep trying we're to get keep, some new we guests. We are going to keep trying. We're going to keep, keep. And this is somebody, perhaps, uh, it's fair to say, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't even imagine having on the podcast. And that's nothing against his driving ability. Far from it. Very, very competent driver. Very, very competent race driver, it has to be said. Seb Perez, welcome to Absolute Rally for the first time. Thank you very much. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. I suppose with the with the name of your podcast, it doesn't really suit a suit a racing driver, but that is uh, that is soon to change as well. But there's been a lot of bollocks spoke as well, and it's not called absolute bollocks either. So to be fair, my friend, um, <laughs> and that's been said to us once or twice. So uh, so yeah. So no, listen. Um, uh, I, I suppose I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight into footer. The reason why I'm gonna go straight in because. Um, I feel very, very old talking to you, Seb. And, and the reason why I feel very old is because I had a little cheeky look at the, 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 the good people at EWRC's website just to see how much rallying, because I, I, I was surprised how much rallying you'd actually done. Just tell us who your first ever co-driver was, Seb, and how old was you when you had him as your co-driver? I, I think it's a particular book on this podcast by any chance. I think it was Ryan. Yeah. Um, and I was, 14 just in a matter of days yeah how, how old are you feeling now right um no it's, I, I'm, I'm aware <laughs> i'm aware of this i, I have i have seen uh, seb's progression and, uh, and he's a bit taller now than he was then you weren't the tallest when you were 14 seb were you no and then i shut up and uh and now, now we've swapped, I think, haven't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Thanks <laughs> old, for that, Tony. Old, old, old age does make you shrink as well, um, and it also makes you less tall. So you can insert your own gags there. But anyway, there you yeah. go. Let's get that, that. Let's get to. So, in uh, all seriousness, you you started off rallying, obviously, because because of the old man. I know that obviously. Um, Dad's done a hell of a lot of rallying, won a lot of things, had some fantastic rally cars and everything else. So you're very much growing up in rallying but you've very much made your name and made a name for yourself in your own right in racing so how do we find ourselves coming full circle Seb? Um, well I, I started in rallying and, and so the progression was quite difficult in rallying from coming from a from a junior category um, to sort of the next level up was it, it was a bit um, it was a bit difficult to try and work out and there was a there was a very good opportunity with touring cars, Janettas with TV coverage and people there and everything. So it's sort of, it's sort of, we sort of edged that way. And then following sort of more testing and running in the cars and stuff on the circuits, it, um, it just sort of made sense, um, in a way. And then we just carried on, uh, with circuit racing for, well, from my, I think my first race was when I was 15. So I did a year of rallying, um, and then I've done it. Well, I'm still doing a few now, but um, it has it has gone full circle. It's quite interesting, but um, I suppose I've I've done a lot of circuit racing now nationally, um, which has been nice. Um, I wanted to go internationally, but um, unfortunately, with everything going on in the world at the minute, it wasn't uh, it wasn't deemed to be working. So um, yeah, but no, looking forward to my future in ra- modern rallying in the UK. So you've announced that you're going to go um, and do the British Championship in an R5 car. I mean, no half measures. Um, you've uh, had a bit of experience in one on the on the Grisdale stages a couple of years back, but um, you know you've got quite a lot to learn in a short space of time. 
Yeah, it's definitely going to be um, a baptism of fire, to say the least. Um, I think the the tarm I've done, my the, the running I've done has been predominantly on tarmac, so um, I'm hoping that the tarmac stuff should be shouldn't be horrendous. Um, speaking modestly, but um, the the gravel is going to be the real challenge. I mean, I've done a few gravel events, like you said at Grisdale in 2019, um, in a R5 as well. So. I, it's it's going to be a challenge, but I think I'm I think I'm I'm up for it, and I'm quite excited to see how I get on and see my progression as, as a result. What um, you, you've uh, you know you spent a lot of time racing. You've raced at a high level. We'll we'll come back onto racing in a, in, a, in a minute or so. But what do you think you can learn from that in terms of your driving? What uh, will you be able to apply to to a tarmac rally, for example? I mean, I guess the first one's obvious because it's on a racetrack. But is there, is there a different way of looking at things having been racing? There is, in a sense, I think the biggest thing with racing, I mean, I, I sit more because um, a few chaps that I coach have come from rallying and going to racing or are going vice versa. Um, and you, the, one of the biggest things is sort of road use. Is like on a racetrack, every, I mean, I try not to get too technical, but you are, well, A, you're paying for it, so you might as well use it all, and B, you have got no choice but to use every millimetre of what's given to you and yes that's very easily translated to rallying but it's not seen as much sometimes because if you think about a narrow road you don't think about the last couple of inch on either side of the tyre yes you can't take it all the time because there's unknown variables with rocks and ditches and drains and all sorts but there's sometimes you sometimes you see and it's not some people don't use all the road and obviously in turn means you can carry more speed um, and I think a feel for a feel for tarmac and road positioning and, and sort of opening up corners coming from racing is um, is really quick critical in being a being a fast rally driver. I mean, if you look back at I think Loeb, Ogier, and a couple of other top boys have done um, quite a bit of circuit racing, some at sort of um, club level, and then I know Ogier did Porsche Super Cup, which is um, the top level of Porsche GT3 racing that follows the Formula 1 um, paddock so the top boys have done a bit of circuit racing to sharpen up their skills on a tarmac rally stage uh, and of course uh, Sebastian Lowe finished second at Le Mans which wasn't uh, wasn't bad going uh, but I guess Very it works good. I guess it works the other way as well because we see you know we see racing drivers going rallying to, uh, to get a bit more car control as well Exactly, yeah, and you also see them crash quite often as well, um, due to just not being. I think I think one of the biggest challenge for a, a racing driver going rallying is is just the inconsistency of grip. I mean, you could be on the per, you could be on a perfect tarmac road, and then you've got a freshly laid piece of white line that's horrendously slippy, um, and the racing driver's that much on the edge and it's it's all 99.9 percent whereas the rally driver is probably a little bit more conservative um and then that's sometimes where the where the accidents come but most of the time it, it hopefully works in the racing driver's favor yeah and i think we saw that with robert kibitzer when when kibitzer was rallying because he was incredibly fast but would occasionally get caught out by exactly what you said he was on the limit of the grip and then the grip would change but um you, you sort of mentioned it already i mean one of the reasons you went racing i mean obviously you uh, as a young driver you want to try and make a career somewhere um 
And do you feel that there's something lacking in rallying in terms of career progression? And uh, we, we know, obviously, opportunities as works drivers are very slim, but you've already touched on it. It's easy to progress to easier, clearer steps in racing than in rallying, would you say? I think I, I really do think so, unfortunately. I mean, I mean, I love rallying. I've been brought up with it, obviously, with my, with my dad and what he's done in rallying. I mean, I, I think the first ever memory of motorsport i was stood in a freezing cold wet forest in wales but um you know i've been brought up with rallying and to go racing was very strange to start with but the the progression actually for for junior drivers young drivers coming through rallying now is a lot better than when i did it um it'll be six seven years ago it was sort of you jump you jump out of junior 1000 which was a great little championship but it's single venues and then you're going into the big wide world of gravel proper rallies full stage rallies um in a in a turbo front wheel drive car and the the classes that were there then weren't really the same as what they are now and then you look at the the racing equivalent of uh junior brc say is is probably Ginetta juniors or gt5 um all the cars are identical. They're all restricted to 100 horsepower. The racing is some of the closest racing you can ever possibly get. And the amount of drivers that have been found through that championship, because if you can win in that championship, you can win in everything. The cars are incredibly difficult to drive. They're on a road tyre. Qualifying, you get two laps if you're lucky. Being a road tyre, they just heat up so quickly. So it's within the first two laps, sort of do or die in a sense. Um, and sort of finesse from a driver at a young age in junior racing um just seemed a lot more um challenge challenging is probably the wrong wrong word but it was more it was more of a sense of um that actually when when you qualified on pole or you won a race that that was that was it that was that was a real top level and i think when i was moving over to racing at that point there wasn't really that definitive progression in uh, in rallying you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by this as well. The sense of, uh, and I, you know, I, it's, it, I've grown up with rallying, you know, but I'm a little bit older than you. I think I'm, I don't even know whether I'm older than Ryan. Jeez, let's not even think about that, but, um. I <laughs> Seb, you're welcome back next week, my mate. Right. He's got less hair, that's for sure. <laughs> I've definitely got less hair. Ironically, I've lost most of my hair since I started working with you, right? But anyway, um, just from a commercial point of view, is there anything anything that you can bring from what you've learned from the racing side, perhaps to the rally side, and, and kind of uh, because the the one thing that always gets levied against rallying is that you know we call it the best kept secret in the world, uh, whereas what you've done is is got profile. How is, is there anything you can think of that that's obvious that maybe we can't see the wood for the trees because we're so entrenched in rally that perhaps rally is missing out on that you've learned from the racing side from regards to commercial opportunities? I think um, I think the bi- the big thing in commercially with with racing compared to rallying is that actually the the fight that you put in with sponsors and stuff and and I notice it when I'm doing. A, we've got family home in York. we do quite a lot of rallies that day I mean they're, they're at a club level they're very enjoyable and even the national stuff in the UK you tend to get along with the drivers really well and you don't get that in racing because um, 
on a racetrack, you are physically against them. You can see them. You're trying to make a move on them. They're defending. They're trying to run you out, put you on the grass, make it awkward for you. You don't see that in rallying because you're essentially against the clock. So the what I'm getting to is that the hatred, the hatred is probably a bit too harsh, but um, you, so the fine limit of fighting against drivers um, in rallying is a lot more relaxed than racing. And commercially, that comes out a bit as well. We we get people that are people that I know are, are literally trying to steal sponsors and money off other drivers that are still trying to race in twenty twenty two and they're they're trying to put better deals together in different championships, move money around. Um, there's a few people I know that in in touring cars and essentially that's that without going into too much detail, I know it's a rally podcast. But um, they are basically getting out funded with the same sponsors that they had in previous years with a different driver simply because it might be to do with the driver. Maybe the driver can bring more to them. They might know someone with, say if it was a a well-known battery provider, um, if they had um, a load of contacts in garages, um, then they might be able to sell a load of garages. So then obviously the sponsorship deal improves and literally you're fighting um, for every penny and trying to steal them off other drivers as well. And I don't think you really do that in rallying because you, you have quite a lot of respect for other drivers um, and that doesn't really that doesn't really happen as much um, in rallying. But it's, it's interesting commercially. I think, I think you can bring other parts to it as well. I think um, media coverage in racing is so much more. Um, unfortunately, it's just, like you said, rallying the world um, that best kept secret um and it's, it's such a shame because it's, it's a far more entertaining sport to watch um uh, a car hurtling over gravel snow or tarmac broadside and all the rest of it um but the the side of <laughs> drivers fighting against each other with with sponsorship um and on the track as well is, is really carried over it's quite interesting do you know what i've never never ever ever considered that and that's and that's what, and like, you know what I'm so glad that it wasn't something that it's it, it, it's obvious when you kind of put it that way um, that yeah okay yeah that 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 makes so much sense okay so are you now a racing driver that's gone rallying or are you a rally driver that went racing? Good question. Um, I've given that some thought as well. Well, I'm still I'm he's still confused. Racing. That's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I'll say at the end of this year after VRC. Sure, man, a, and that is the correct yeah. answer to that, by the way. That is the correct answer. Yeah, because, otherwise, um, yeah. I might be, I might jinx myself too early and say, I'm a, say oh, well, I'm now a rally driver, then it all goes to pop. But um, hopefully not. Um, so, but yeah, see, I am still doing some racing this year and in, in a couple of historic championships. So that would be nice to still refine my circuit knowledge as well. Good for you. And so the car, who's running it, who are we working with, what what background have you got with the guys who who are running the car for you? The rally car in yeah. BRC. Yeah. Um, so it's M Sport that are running the car. Okay. Uh, which will be um, which will be really interesting. Obviously, their their knowledge of a top level um, four wheel drive car is is second to none, really. So um, it'll be very interesting to work with a with a fantastic team like Ensport um, in the BRC. So um, they've gotten lots of knowledge and hopefully they can soak some of that into me. Um, I'm sure that will be the case, but um, 
there's plenty there's plenty to learn for sure and hopefully they're the they're the best team to do so. I mean, they've got they've got the experience and they build the cars as well. So, well, you've um, you've got to. I'm, got sure, to be the right one. I'm sure. Obviously, you're gonna have your, your teammates gonna be Rhys Yates who, who who comes on quite regularly. We we know Rhys quite well. Obviously, Rhys comes from a slightly different background. He came from a motocrossing background, of course. Uh, yeah. So he comes at rallying it probably in a slightly different way. Um, again, be the way he thinks about it from a commercial point of view and everything else. So it's always interesting speaking to him about stuff like that. But um, how have you worked before? You know, with regards to teammates and things like that, because obviously you've just been talking about the competition uh, in racing and even pinching sponsors and stuff like that. Have you been in a position before where you've perhaps had a teammate that you can lean on for for data and things like that, and and you know maybe will be a bit more open with you with regards to that type of stuff? Um, I mean, I've been I've been really lucky uh, over my racing career. I've had I've had some teammates that um, are hard work; they don't want to work with you, which is quite nice because they sense a bit of rivalry. So it's a bit of a trade-off. Um, but in my more recent years in Porsche, we had a very open relationship. We had a fantastic engineer that was really open with us. A German guy wore his heart on his sleeve, which was good and bad in both ways. But my my teammates. Um, my teammates recently have been really good and I've got a very good friendship with one of them um, that started back in basically when I started and we progressed at the same at the same level at the same time with the same team so we're we're really close friends but we we took um, that knowledge of each other to help each other and progress each other um, on the racetrack so it, not every case um, you want to grab each other's drivers grab each other by the throat um, in the racing world but it happens sometimes, um, but I think the I think the the professionalism from from circuit racing in in structure and everything that's that's sort of passed down through the line. I mean, it, it's carried over quite well into rallying, but sometimes it's um, the the sort of loss of structure. I mean, after a race, we have a debrief and then we're straight on to data, um, and it's, it's a very sort of structured setup. And working with a professional team like M Sport, that structured setup will be carried over, and it's something that won't be abnormal to me. Um, and actually, when you get used to working in that manner, it's a lot more it's a lot more of an efficient way of working and trying to work out where you can improve with the team rather than you just walking off in a grump. <laughs> which is which is how I've gone rallying for twenty two years, Seb. So, <laughs> can, can I can I ask just before like, I'm just conscious of time as well, but um, was was M Sport a natural choice? Obviously, you know we know the old man. Obviously, in fact, I've got a picture of that Focus in my office. Believe it or not, long story, but I've got a picture of your dad's Focus um, in my office. But is um, was it was it was it an easy was it an easy conversation? Was M Sport the most natural place to go for you? Yeah, it was. I mean, we've um, we've got a very good friendship with with Malcolm. Um, obviously, my dad used to run with him um, and have various cars off of them. He did a few WRC rounds in Catalonia and and the likes of that. So as we've got a very open relationship with M Sport. They ran the car on Grisdale as well. So it's um, it's nice to have their support as always, and they'll. Um, they were very, they were very excited to, to, to work with us and myself and Reese as well. So it would be nice to have a two-car team as well. Like I was saying earlier, with um, data and everything, it's uh, it's really beneficial. Now, last last one before I let you go, I've got to ask: Is um, the British Rally Championship when 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 did it click for you that right? I'm going to go. I'm going to go and do the British Rally Championship because I'm guessing uh, you you know you've gone rallying, I suppose, in inverted commas for fun. 
to the extent of you know you've done some fun events you've done historic stuff and things like that but obviously this is this 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 is kind of stepping up a level you know no matter what you say about the depth of the british rally championship you are going to be against probably the best drivers in the uk when did you kind of think you know i'm going to put my hand up for this what what was the definitive moment for you it all started um the the without going into too much detail the um the european racing stuff um i had planned had fallen through very last minute and was difficult to get another seat i've always thought about brc um if you if you asked me about it uh six months ago i said yeah i would have liked to do a season of testing do two rounds and then go in go in for a full championship and do some other rounds on non-championship events just to get seat time um so it was, it, it was always a sort of a side thought and thought oh I, i'd really like to actually try brc and see how i get on um it's all come very quickly um nevertheless it's, it's incredibly exciting and i'm really looking forward to getting started but i do think um the the biggest thing's going to be going to be testing is just just getting some real running and it's it's, it's very hard to to test with a with a rally car because by the time you've done 2k of a loop at walters or sweet lamb or wherever you're um you know where you're going um and you don't want that in rallying whereas racing you do want that so you've got to learn where you're going and get the most out of where you are um so it's going to be hard to get seat time for sure um and sort of seat time that carries on into a rally i mean the best experience in rallying is rallying um but yeah it's, it's certainly going to be a challenge but it was something that was thought about for a while but um was never given much thought until um just over a month ago i think so well a little dicky bird tells me you still got the micro so you can still keep seat sharp by nipping the shops in the micro mate Exactly, exactly. It's the fastest <laughs> thing to Morrison's, I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, no, uh, it, it, yeah. it's been great having you on, Seb. It, it truly has. It's always nice to speak to somebody new and obviously seeing somebody coming into the British Rally Championship with the background that you've got as well, I think it's going to be fantastic to watch. So will you come back and tell us halfway through the season how it's going, whether you're a racing driver that's gone rallying or rallying that's gone racing? <laughs> of course, no problem at all. Hopefully it's... Uh, um, a racing driver that's now a rally driver and um, I'm in a good mood but um, no I'm, I'm very excited well, well it'll have to be it's won't it because because after after you get the BRC out of the way you've got uh, got a little event in November where you're going to tootle around the British Forest as well so um, you know you're going to yeah, have to be you're tootling around as well so. well tootling around know. together can't we we can yes <laughs> there you go there you go listen uh, Seb thanks for joining us folks that has been Absolute Rally for this week of course it was episode 2 season 23 if you enjoyed it bring a friend along next week and we'll be back same time same place in the podcast hall next week Absolute Rally powered by the Keel the Works team spread the word and download the podcast every week